Good day, everyone. I hope you all had a great weekend and a great week since we last talked to you. Uh, This week, we've got a really special episode planned, Uh, so we're not going to really touch on the news this week. We'll uh, we'll leave that for a a deeper dive next week. Uh, Just a heads up, the audio on this one is fairly good, but if there's any inconsistencies, we we did this one over Zoom, so uh, just bear with that. Uh, And with that in mind, uh, let's just get right into it. So this week I'm I'm joined here by Dave from Sunday Supper Podcast, Canada's best history podcast. I don't care what anyone says. It has been a joy hearing that podcast as often as I can. Well, I appreciate that, brother. Thanks for having me on, man. How are you doing? I'm good. Well, I'm I'm all right. Like I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. Like it's it's interesting times, it's stressful times, but um, you know, under the circumstances, I'm doing good. Like I'm not living in like squalor in the middle of sub-Sahara Africa. So like life is good. We haven't had to hoard the weapons and, and fend for ourselves yeah. yet. Yeah. We, no one's in kilts yet, uh, with a weapon in hand, ready to defend their land. So we're, uh, we're doing all right so far, as long as we can keep talking. A little bit of glimmer. I hope we had Doug Ford quietly say, uh, that we won't be doing attacks on the unvaccinated. Yeah, that's, that's good news. His word is worth about... A McFlurry, but uh, yeah, exactly. For now, I'll take what I can get. I guess exactly. Yeah, that's that's absolute insanity. What's happening in Quebec right now? Oh, I, I that's going to fall on its face, and it needs to quickly, um, just to kind of show the premiers where their place is. Yeah, for sure. For and like, it doesn't make sense to me. Like the Quebec people, they're so sassy, they're so opinionated, they they're so protective of their rights, and so they so they should be. So that's why I, I find it so interesting that the government thought that they could just like parlay this one through or just squeak this one through. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Well, in my mind, just looking at equalization payments, they are gluttons for tax money. They do love their tax money for sure. <laughs> but for yeah, sure. I don't understand. Like, when I think of Quebec, I, I, I have French Canadian family and I, they're, not, they're not nice people if you're not in their circle. Well, they're nasty. Like, God love the French, honestly. Like, they're a part of this this wacky thing we call confederation. They're a part of our family. We, You know, it's like it, it's like when you're playing ball hockey as a kid, right? And, like, some other kids kind of join the game. And you've got this one guy that you don't really like, but he's got one of the nets, so you let him play with you. And then some other kids show up, and they start pumping them. And then you're like, no, this can't stand, you know? So you'll, you'll fight the other kids to defend the kid that you don't really like. That's kind of how I, that's how I feel about Quebec, truthfully. Yeah. That's a, that's a fair, I just, I personally didn't see them taking it as far as they have. And they, I honestly, to me, it seems like they're, they're some of the weakest ones as far as resistance goes there. You see a couple big protests in Montreal now and then, but like they have just bared the brunt of it and smiled for the most part. Yeah. They've kind of been like, you know, like just seeing if this thing will pass. Right. And I think a lot of the country, I think a lot of people are at that point where it's like, they just want this to go away and they want to, they want, they want it to pass, but it's not passing. Like it's not going away. I think we're going to trigger the the typical Canadian situation soon. I, uh, when faced with a stereotype that, Oh, Canadians are super friendly. It's like, absolutely. That's co- completely true to a point. And then once that, once that line is crossed, there's, there's no relenting at that point. So once you get Canada to snap, it's going to get ugly. 
Oh, 100%. That's been the case of our history since since the beginning, since we've started this thing called Canada, man. And you're right. Like there is that stereotype of like that. I think that politeness exists because for generations, they realized just how violent it was. Right. Like if you're if you're looking at Canadian history, like we just crawled out of the forest. Yeah. Right? Like like in, in terms of European history, in terms of uh the rest of the world like canada literally just crawled out of the forest like we're only a few generations removed from homesteading we we literally still have a living signature of the charter of rights right <laughs> yeah like that's that's why yeah pe- people don't understand the context but at the same time it's it's such a short sight removed from truly how savage it can be like it wasn't Ooh. that long ago that no dude you, you like, look at the guy you- wrong and you're getting you're getting slugged Oh, hundred percent. Like you're looking at that three people ago, two people ago. Like that's, yeah. that's, that's, that's why and in some parts of the country, a person ago. Yeah. Like I'm a, I'm a person ago removed from chaos on the side of a cliff in Newfoundland. Right. Like I'm, I, I'm very much aware of that. Like I've met those people that live that life, you know, like it's, yeah. it's wild to me. It, especially in times like this, it, it really confuses me because like, even like you said, one generation ago, and you don't even have to hunt for, for the generation that it'd be, but like one generation ago, we wouldn't be here right now. Like this is not how it'd be going down. No, no, no. And, and th- the thing that's interesting to me about like Canadian society and Canadian culture and, and people trying to look and understand Canadian culture, Canadian culture has always been divided. Like this notion and this idea that like Canada is this wholesome Boston cream has it all together uh kind of mentality is utter rubbish dude like from the beginning there's been hard hard divisions in this country and that's why to me it's a miracle that our democracy works and our confederation works and obviously like you can get into you know to how fine of a line that is before that breaks down but the fact that we've been able to hold it together uh for for this long to to me is 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 mind-blowing I, I definitely think we're at the boiling point of can we even hold it together at all with with every front that we're facing right now be pandemic issues. You've got Quebec absolutely going to talk separation once this is over. Alberta mm-hmm. rightfully should be talking separation as far as I'm concerned. It, it feels like and like you look at the states, they're in no different boat. It, modern democracy in the West seems to be tearing itself apart. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. Cause it's become so apathetic and so lazy because it, it, it's forgotten. Like it really has forgotten. He's like, it's been so cushy and it's been so nice for the, for the average human being in the West that we forget just how violent, just how bad, just how disgusting mankind can truly be because it, it will become face to face. Like it's not face to face right now. Right. Like, for our, for my grandparents' generation, I, like it was face to like violence was face to face, like vi- yeah. violence was the reality. And and there was no there was no pacificity. Like there was no there was no past. Like if you crossed a line, it it was an immediate consequence. Be it be it in a political system or not, it was you paid your price the minute it happened. Whereas now, so many people have adapted this. It's this safe mentality. That no matter what I do, I'll I'll, I'll skate by. Hundred percent, dude. Hundred percent. And you you see that all over the culture. Like you see it in the games we play. You see it in the way we engage with each other. You see it in how like youth and children engage at school. 
Like it's this constant safety net mentality, which ultimately just creates an abundance of weakness and, and, a, and an abundance of self-reliance that eventually just implodes on itself. And I think that we're either, I, I think we're probably a generation away from that completely imploding on itself. Yeah. I'm having kids. I, I'm a little more optimistic in the sense that I kind of hope I bear that brunt. I kind of hope that we carry the weight and then my kids can hopefully rebuild. Like I, I'm fortunate I'm in a good spot. I, I could coast the rest of my life and be comfortable, uh, yeah. even if it means some hard times. But like as any parent, like you want you want the next generation to have as much blessings as it, they can. But it, it's definitely coming, whether it's my generation or, or the next. No, it's, 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 it's for sure inevitable. Like we have that, like humanity runs on cycles, man. Like, and that's a common thread throughout our history is this, these notions like that, that old quote, that's kind of been beaten to death, right? Like that, you know, hard times, you know, create, you know, hard men, right. That, you, you know, the, you know, the same, but we're, we've seen that throughout our history through every culture through every history we we see that right we struggle we struggle we struggle we get success we get comfortable we struggle again we get success you know like it's it's this flow and we've created these systems to help us to try and and stay bridled to try and stay yoked and this idea that the 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 scary thing for me is like it's like, we don't want those yokes anymore. We don't want those systems. We don't want any sense of governance. And, and so we get to this like wild West situation and trust me, like no one wants to be in a wild West situation as much as everyone talks about it, as much as everyone's like, Oh, it'll be great. You know, like it, it's, it's not going to be. No, no. I, I absolutely would love to, to see this brought down in temperature um, and to solve it, because like, like I've a constant theme with me is I don't want my the so I, I'm clearly right of center. I, I can own that all day, um, yep. but I don't want the, the right of center or farther right to run the show nonstop when unchecked. We live in a, a duality society where I people coexist that are utterly opposed to each other. I don't want somebody ruling over me any more than I want to rule over them. And we need to find balance before the counter swing. Cause like we're living right now in a very left swing, but the counter swing is going to be twice as ugly in my oh, mind. A hundred percent, man. A hundred percent. And it's another, another concept to, to not to go back to the, the cycle of hard times and whatnot, but I, I view freedom more as a currency. Um, and the generations around today haven't had to pay for it. It's all been inherited freedom. And, yeah. and we're just so quick to spend it on safety or the illusion of it that when you run out of it, it's going to, it's going to be like hitting a brick wall. It's going to come out of nowhere and you're going to be like, Oh shit. And, and once you've got no freedom to, to spend the cost to, to get some back, it, it's blood. Oh yeah. Without a shadow of doubt, hundred percent it's blood. And you and you're you're completely right. You you hit the you hit the nail on the head. Like we haven't we haven't had to pay, right? Like we haven't had to pay. But our generation is blessed enough that we sat around dinner tables with those that had to pay. This is what scares me because I work in the schools, 
and I hear the conversations with a lot of kids and a lot of youth and they, for the most part, have little to no understanding of the true sacrifice uh, that men and women had to pay for us to be able to exercise our freedoms here in Canada. And that's the alarming part. And we don't teach it in our history classes in the manner that we should. We don't teach it with empathy. We don't teach it with passion. Uh, and we just assume that it's always going to be there. Uh, and that's a problem because now this, you know, these future generations, they have this assumption that they'll never have to pay or they'll never have to struggle for it or they'll never have to uh, see what life looks like without it. And that's bloody terrifying. Yeah, even even people in in my generation have no real like a large number of them have no clue. Like even even having access to people that would have lived through a bunch of it. They have no idea and like the concept of having to hurt somebody or having to god forbid kill somebody to defend your land, your freedom or any of it. It we don't hurt people. We we can't it's we're not capable. That's that we're 3 days away from society turning into complete savagery if the right situation happened ideally we don't get there i'm certainly don't want violence um but people have no idea the human nature is so quick you you cut off grocery stores for three four days it's done you're you're in oh, a straight yeah, 100%, chaos 100 percent, dude 100 percent. especially in city centers right like you hear all the time right now with with people like get out of your city centers right like your city centers will implode on themselves. And I like, and it's not to bash people that live in cities, but there's a, there's a different sense of morality. There's a different sense of understanding. There's a different sense of society and culture within a city center than there is in, in rural parts of this country. Right. Oh, for sure. You'll, you'll have the rural parts. You'll see a lot more banding together. Whereas the cities are, just try driving through a city. It's cutthroat. Oh, hundred percent. Now try starving 100%. them out. hundred percent. It's, it's, like it's uh I, like i don't know man it, it would definitely be interesting like i wouldn't even be interesting it'd be heartbreaking like it would be sad it would be sad to see the absolute devastation that would take place and then it's like do we actually have the leaders to try because that's a big piece in all of this too man is like do we have the leadership that's able to to not string this thing along but is able to help heal this thing you know Oh, we're in so desperate need of oh, like a genuine populist. This this society needs unity and they need it. It's sad. I've had conversations where like we talk about September 11th and it's like for about a year, the states were completely unified around yeah. a terrible event. You look at like the 1920s and the depression, everyone unified around the war. An unbelievable tragedy will, will unify people. But the question is, how do you do it? without tragedy what what major thing can we unify around that isn't going to cost us dearly yeah and i in in the canadian context i don't see it dude no and it's worse to me than that because it, it almost seems like you've got trudeau not to like be too hyperbolic but the language shift that's happening right now we're, we're getting very close to dehumanizing and the way he's speaking, he has no desire in, in trying to find balance, unity, bring the temperature down. And now Aaron O'Toole has started doing half measures to, yeah. to condemn it. And mostly for political points. I, I don't see a, a leader that 
stands out that's going to unify people. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't see one either, dude. Uh, like it's it's nice to see that O'Toole has started to finally speak. It's nice to see that there seems to be a little bit of a green light for you know, for members of the Conservative Party to start speaking. That's my bit. hope. My hope you know, is that it yeah. opens the gate. Yeah, I hope they have enough balls, female or male, to stand and deliver because that's what you need, and that's what should be expected of our politicians right now. That you know, like are supposed to be opposing this, you know, like you're completely right. Like it's the one thing that I've tried to wrap my head around and I've, and I've talked to a a bunch of people about this is like, I don't understand Trudeau's end game. And maybe it's because I'm silly. I don't know, but I don't understand what his actual end game is. Like he doesn't, he doesn't win on this. Like if, if, if anything, like to come back to, to the unity piece like you'll see unification driven from those that are anti-Trudeau. Like you'll see, you'll see the West unify itself to a degree to survive and say like, screw this guy. Like we've had enough of this, you know, he understands where his base is. That's why he said the things that he said in Montreal on a Quebec, you know, TV show. He, he understands that he's got a good, good little base in the GTA and he's got a good base in in uh, you know traditional like liberal city centers, but what he's what he's doing, I think, is he's he's uniting you know rural populations, and he's 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 uniting the the rural populations of Canada, which make up a large percentage of this country. Oh, for sure. And then the question comes: Is you're absolutely right? He is he's going to drive people to unite against him. Um, but the question is, who, who do we unite around? Because Aaron O'Toole doesn't have it. He's, he's already shown he doesn't have the balls. Um, personally, watching, now that he's kind of greenlit criticism, um, my eyes are all on, on Leslin Lewis. Um, they did her dirty in the leadership campaign. Um, and she came out immediately and spoke out against criticizing unvaccinated segregation. She came out against all that. And she's not a dumb woman. She's a lawyer and a doctor. Um, yeah they Aaron O'Toole definitely sees threat from her. That's why they parked her out in the middle of nowhere. Instead of running a strong black female doctor and lawyer, instead of running her in the GTA where they could have probably flipped a liberal seat, they park her out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. She still won. She's an awesome candidate. And I think she knows, but, but she's the one I'm watching because unfortunately we've got Polyev Solid guy. I think he's got core values, but he won't step out of line. He he will only do what they say he can. That's yeah. that's my biggest concern is there's way too much progressive in the conservative party that I don't, you're right. You'll unite, but around who? Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that is the big question. That is the big question, which I have zero, zero answers for. <laughs> Right. And I think, I think that's where you run the risk of, of real social problems is if you have too many free radical groups of people against Trudeau, but nowhere to, to point it. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and the, the, the thing too, is like, even within like Canadian politics, which I think makes it different than American politics to a degree is like, there's like, you can be fiscally conservative and you'll vote conservative because it fiscally makes sense, but you would hold to 
liberal ideas and liberal notions and maybe you know we would classify them as as being center right or or center leaning a little left um which makes it interesting and it makes the dichotomy in the country interesting too because for for a, a large i think for a large portion of the population in places like nova scotia and pei and certainly newfoundland is you have people and it's flipped where they would probably be in terms of morality, more conservative, but they have to fiscally be more liberal, right? Oh, 100%. Like, Any, anything really east of Ontario, it, it, like you would never, like me growing up around people from Quebec, I would never in my life think they vote liberal or any leaning that way. Uh, I can straight up admit it. I've got family from Quebec that are hardcore racist, like, like as far right as you can possibly get. They'll yep. still vote liberal. Because yeah. it's who sends the checks. Yep. Absolutely. And especially when you hit the real East Coast, is the the it's the fish boom isn't what it used to be. They they need the equalization, they need the handouts. And unfortunately, nobody in the last in my lifetime has really done anything to really help the economy rather than just stimulate. We're we're just gonna give money, we're not gonna address the root issues. Yeah, and that that's the big piece, right? Is those those root issues that no one no one knows what to do with, right? And like starting at a grassroots level, like man to man, like how how do we interject ourselves into our communities for those grassroots movements and sustainability in our own communities, right? Like that's that's a big piece. And I think a lot of people are just Frustrated, a lot of people are tired. A lot of people don't know what to do. A lot of people think that it's bigger than them when it really is them, right? Oh, a hundred percent. Like this, this doesn't get changed from the top. This mm-hmm. gets changed from the bottom. Like uh, I've I've said before, I'm probably going to run for school board trustee or some local governance just because I can't expect somebody to fix problems for me if I'm not willing to put in the work. And it has to be a bunch of people starting at the bottom. And then everyone has this assumption that, that politics follows culture. It, it hasn't been that way recently, at least, where, where politics seem to be driving culture. Uh, the way society is operating right now isn't because society wants to operate this way. It's coming from the top. And, and at some point, this river's got to turn around. Oh, absolutely, dude. Absolutely. And it's, it's coming from the top of like politicians that have no real understanding of what this country is other than its scenery because they get to travel they don't understand the people you know they they don't understand the impacts that you know their predecessors made uh on on our community blueprints and how our communities operate from newfoundland to british columbia um and and so i think i i'm i'm with you like i think that like change has to be with the people because change is for the people. It's of the people. It has to be the people, not to sound like a communist, but like it has to be of the people. Well, yeah, like I, I absolutely agree. It has to be local. Well, you get back to where it was accountable too. like these politicians are Teflon at this point. Look at Trudeau. I don't know how he's not in jail. Kathleen Wynne. I don't understand how you can be that bad at your job and, and go as long as you do. Uh, but it, and I think I think that comes from people just being so beaten down. Yeah, the, the the expectations for a politician in Canada are so damn low. Like, if if some of the founding prime ministers acted like this, they'd be <laughs> drawn and quartered. Oh, dude, they'd be game over, son. 
Like, and it wouldn't, it wouldn't be sanctions. It would be death. Oh, absolutely. Especially if they pissed off the Irish population, mate. That's, right. that's game, that's game set match. Well, I don't know exactly the years, um, but like we had, we had a stretch in Quebec where they were kidnapping par- members of parliament. <laughs> I I don't understand, and that wasn't even that long ago. No, it was like the eighties, right? Yeah. I I don't understand how we're in the time we're in, and I again I don't condone violence. I don't condone because it's just going to get used against us. But I don't understand how somebody unhinged hasn't done something. Yeah this this is this is the scary part too. I've had this conversation with a few mates of like. There, there are portions of this population that aren't doing well. Like they're just mentally not doing well. They're, they're so beaten down. They feel so hopeless. They feel like there's nowhere to go. There's next to little real help for them. So yeah, sure, you can throw money at them. Sure, you can sit them in an office for an hour and try to get them to, to express how they're feeling. But there's really no true grassroots help for them that's sustainable. And so that's I, like I I'm I'm shocked and stunned that we haven't seen anything crazy kick off. Right. And like we have lost a bunch of people. Like I myself know two people that killed themselves over the last two years. A hundred percent to do with what's going on. Yeah. Um, granted, they were they were more stable mentally so much as they wouldn't injure somebody else. But there are plenty of unstable people. I'm. I'm, again, I'm not condoning it. I'm just shocked that it hasn't happened. Yeah, yeah. And I guess the closest thing was when that reservist uh, drove from Manitoba. Crazy. <laughs> so I should laugh, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, that's wild. And, I, and, and that's why I'm shocked we haven't seen, and I don't want things like that to take place. Um, but I'm, I'm shocked that, I'm shocked that they, they haven't. Right. And, and they very well could start up like it's it's innate within us, man. And it's scary because we don't really understand it anymore. Uh, we don't really grasp like we don't live that reality anymore. Uh, but when it does flare up and when it does pop up, we're kind of like. We're kind of stalked, shocked and like stunned. And but at the same time, we're kind of like, oh, this is a bit comfortable. Like, if that makes sense, oh, there's especially there's something to say about power in the chaos that you're controlling. If, if that makes sense. Cause like right now we're all living in chaos. You, you wake up every morning and just, and find out if the government is saying you can go to work. Yeah. Um, but, but in those moments for, for people push again, you get to that point from reaching the darkest edges. Um, and I don't think society wise we're, we're there yet, but for some people they are. And, and they, there's reason to understand that, yeah, you'll find some peace in your own caused chaos because at least you're, you're in control of that. Um, I'm glad they haven't, nothing's popped off because a hundred percent, it would, it would be used against the population, whether it's unvaccinated or all of us. Um, they would use that to justify worse things. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure, dude. A hundred percent. And that's, that's where you see that's where you see complete power grab, right? Like that's like they've reached and they've grabbed pieces of, of power and freedom. Uh, but if something, you know, monumental and something horrible and something extremely violent was to take place, then that's green light for complete seas. Right. Right. 
And that's, that's terrifying to think. And it's terrifying to think that we're even like, we're even in that bloody bubble. Like we're, right. we're, we're that we're, close. We're that close. And, and people aren't talking about it. People aren't conversing. Like people like are still just picking a camp and, and setting it up and, and then arguing back and forth where we should be like, okay, like we need to, we need to figure out a way how to, to, to sort this out amongst ourselves here. Right. Like in our communities, you know, and the problem with that is like, we've gutted our communities to it. We've, we've gutted our traditional sense of, of community. Uh, we don't even know what community looks like anymore. Um, and so how do you, how do you rally at a, at a base in your community where it just doesn't, it just doesn't exist. Like I, like I can't tell you the last time I truly saw like members of my community when I, and, and I was able to like freely engage and, and talk with them, you know, like the, the pubs have been closed or they've been open for a little while and closed again. Like uh, ch- churches have been open and closed and it's been flip flop on that hockey rinks. Um, you know, like all of our traditional senses of getting together, conversing and talking have had started to die before the pandemic, but like the last two and a half years have, have just escalated them so quickly. Oh, for sure. And, and if it's not been impacted by, by the politics, by shutting it down, or locking people out it's been poisoned with the politics of this and that that to me is what what hurts the most is they've taken a genuine health issue and and made it political so yeah. you could find out tomorrow that okay we're, we're good it's all done it's gone the politicians can't do it they can't admit they were wrong on anything they can't scale back on anything be- because it's not being followed by by the science it's being followed by the politics um and i, I it, it saddens me to see some very smart doctors, very smart medical professionals get absolutely captured by that. Like you look at Kieran Moore in Ontario here, you look at that guy and that guy is the biggest nerd you would ever have seen in high school. <laughs> the guy is not somebody you, you, he wouldn't hang out with the average person and that's fine. That's not what he signed up for. He does his thing. He serves an important role, but he, he's not going to speak truth to power. No. That guy's going to read whatever's on the sheet and that's it. Yeah. hundred percent. And you even, you, you even saw that with Dougie. Like every time I listen, especially the last time Dougie got up and spoke, you could see it in his eyes. You could see it in his eyes that he was just like, I don't know how much longer I can believe this bullshit. I, and I'm, I, and I'm not, and I'm, I'm not talking about like the, the virus itself. Right. And I'm not talking about vaccination, like the, the power grab and the insertion of control um is 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 what i'm kind of talking about when when seeing doug get up there and talk like he knows he knows he's turned the people like he like politically he knows he's turned the people against him like i'd be very like but the problem is there's not really a good bloody alternative for the next provincial right and that's that terrifies me right because it's like we we get another kathleen win version or we get him and i mean the devil you know might happen to be better than the devil you don't but it's yeah, like man. he's still not a he's still not a good choice. Um, but my thoughts on Doug, uh, again, I, I try not. I, I consume conspiracy. I don't necessarily buy it all. Yeah. Um, but with him, I think they have something on him. Somebody in power, whether it's Trudeau or whoever, somebody's got something on him because 
you can go back and I, and I might get the, the clips for it, but right around the Adamson barbecue protest, the, it, Adamson barbecue opened and Dougie did a press conference said, Hey, I feel their pain. Like I understand it. We're trying our best. I don't want to close businesses down. Just a sensible conservative pr- opinion. Literally the next day, he's like, I don't care if he goes in jail. I'm going to send 200 <laughs> cops. He's going to pay literally a, a, a switch flipped. And ever since then, he's just been off the rails. Yeah. <laughs> Dougie can't get her back down. Yeah. Oh, frig, man. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. There's got to be, because this is the thing that I'm trying to wrap my head around too. Like I, I'm with you on the fact that like, you know, like I, I wouldn't consider myself to, you know, be, you know, chasing down too many rabbit holes or conspiracies or, or anything along those lines. And for people that do like, that's, you know, your prerogative, that's, that's, you know, I think it hurts the middle ground. I think it does hurt the middle ground. And, you know, for me and for my podcast, as I've always tried to stay historical and middle, uh, which is getting harder and harder to do in terms of like, not truthfully, like voicing like where I'm at politically. Like, I think I've started to be more abrasive uh, on my social media and, and more abrasive in the podcast because I think like enough's enough in terms of the power grab, in terms of the, the government's overreach, in, in, in terms of like these politicians are so out of step, they're so out of date, they don't even know, they don't even know the Canadian people, which is to me like the biggest shame. Um, and and what they what they do know about the Canadian people is the politeness and the pacifism that they've completely taken advantage of. Uh, because I think it, it goes back to that earlier point that you made. Like once that threshold is crossed, once that line is crossed with your average Canadian, it's it, it's game set match. Like it's it's all or nothing at that point. Um, and so that's why I think it's important to use your voice. I think it's important that we're seeing these demonstrations because I think that these politicians need to be aware of that they're creeping closer and closer and closer and closer to that bloody line. Um, but yeah, it's it's either I'm trying to figure out in my head, like, what's the end game? Right. And and I'm sure folks are listening. They're being like, here's the friggin end game, you idiot. But for, for me, like, I just trying to figure out, like, what's the end game? Like, if you lay your nation in ruin, like you're in ruin, too, unless you're going to go to freaking Barbados or, you know, one of Jeffrey Epstein's islands or whatever to hang to hang low, like whatever you're freaking doing. Uh, but like all these guys with like business ties, like if you kill business in the country, like that's not good for you, right? Like if you kill your political, like get your pension after seven years, like that's not good for you. So like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to wrap my head around. Is it, they just whiffed so hard and they, they blew past it so hard and now there's no recanting. So now they have to play power. I, I personally think, and, and we've touched on this before, is I think it's more of a situation where, where power corrupts absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think it's kind of gone to people's heads. And it's not just premiers. It's not just prime ministers. It's these Kieran Moores. It's the local, the local health agencies that all of a sudden got dictate. And it's just a whole, an abundance of power got distributed. And nobody's, nobody ever signs up to give it back. Nobody signed, and and we're living in a world right now where I I don't. There is room to say that there might be alternative influence. You could maybe say, yeah, there's probably some financial kickbacks from some of these companies. Um, 
but I, I think when Occam's razor, the, the simplest answer is probably the, the right one. And it, it's, it's, they don't see past tomorrow. Justin Trudeau is not thinking about three months from now. He's thinking about tomorrow and how he recovers two points in the polls next week. He's, I don't, I, that man has to, he is literally the least popular prime minister we've ever had. Ever, ever, Jim. ever. ever. And, and that's numerically, that's not, that's not opinion. <laughs> um, so like when he talks about how, when he goes on these rants about how citizens don't want this or that, he speaks for 30% of the people. <laughs> um, but he, he's clearly accepted. He's done. Uh, the minute they call another election, he is gone. Uh, you could call it tomorrow. It would be very different than what it was we what, that we just had. So I don't think he's thinking long-term politically. Uh, he'll get some cushy book deal and they'll grease his wheels that way as with every other politician. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's just punch drunk on power and uh, a reluctancy to give it up. Like you look at Saskatchewan. I was actually, just before we got on this call, I was following, I haven't really gotten to, Saskatchewan is like, the stepchild everyone just <laughs> everyone just looks past it yeah. um myself included i'm pretty guilty for that um but brian pallister was a bit of a dick he was the first guy to lock out certain specific items in stores you couldn't buy baby clothes you couldn't buy underwear for your kids um but now he's he's stepped down which is awesome it's it's great to see these people fall on their face um yeah. but his replacement came in kicking he's he's come out now and he's like it lockdowns are causing harms this that and the other and he's he's speaking reasonably and it's like we're we're so fortunate to be in a spot where the latest variant that's taking the craze doesn't seem to be that bad so that that is actually a good thing now you have to recalculate how you how you weight all of your other measures um but he finally seems like he's going to uh the question is where else will we see that yeah, and that's the thing. Like, do we have do we have the like? I don't even want to use the word quality, but do we have the the like Saskatchewan, Alberta, Manitoba? Like, th those are different Canadians. Like, those are that's a different group of people. And I'm I have never been more thankful for the West than I have. And I have family that live in Alberta by consequence of having to leave Newfoundland, right? And so Alberta has always kind of been a, a special a special place and it's provided um, stability and it's, it's provided, um, you know, work and it's, it's now a new home uh, for so many of my family members, just like Ontario's a, a new home um, for a lot of my family members. Um, but it's just like Albertans and, and those that are in the West, like they think differently, they're brought up differently. They're brought up with a different sense of culture, a different sense of themselves um, and I think that they, they're probably more unified in who they are than Ontario is, or, you know, like at least large portions of Ontario. And that's where I think like, so where do, where do we get quality leaders that are going to step up and start speaking for the people? Like, do, do we have them left? Right. Or, or even if we have them, uh, is our population in Ontario too, too watered down with people that just don't quite understand it? Oh, I think so, dude. And I think Ontario is interesting because like the GTA seems to be the, the engine of the car 
but like, and that's all that you, that's all we think about politically and, and culturally when it comes to Ontario, but Ontario is so beautiful and it's so big and it has so many beautiful little pockets and so many lovely uh, pieces of the population. And it's so rural too. Like you can get so lost in these rural counties of Ontario, but it's that population, right? Like the population sizes, there's such a, there's such a disadvantage, right? Uh, and that's why you have, you know, huge city centers in, in Ontario dictating the pace, but, and, and then everyone gets grouped into that. It's funny. Cause I saw uh, like a dear friend of mine, he's from Saskatchewan and his parents had flown in uh, for um, new year's uh, to celebrate. And like when they left, they were like, yeah, it's like freaking minus 45 out there right now. And I was like, Oh my, you're a different human dude. Yeah. And, and, and so we just, we were shooting the banter back and forth and he was just like, yeah, you know, like, and we were talking politics and, and it was just like, yeah, it's just, you know, and there's people from Ontario that I genuinely like, but you would never know it, you know? And like in the notion of like, when they think of Ontario, they think of Toronto, they think of all the, the rubbish that, that is pushed out from the city centers. Um, but there's, there's so, there's so much in Ontario and, and it's, it's, it's to me shameful that Ontario seems to only be represented by absolute lunatics. Yeah. Well, we're getting, at least for me personally, uh, it's getting close to the point where like, I would never leave Canada to flee this tyranny, which is exactly what it is, but I would leave Ontario. If pragmatically in a year or two, it doesn't look like it's getting any better. I could see myself going to Alberta because, because yeah. worst case scenario in Alberta, you've got Kenny who's, He's been a disappointment on some things, but he's been fairly okay for some. Uh, and he's the worst case scenario because if he loses the the next election, his replacement's only going to be better. Oh, 100 percent. Like they're not they're not electing a Kathleen Wynne out there. No, dude. And they're gonna fight tooth and nail. And God love them. Like the Albertans are pissed. They've had enough, and they're gonna fight tooth and nail. And those old boys can friggin' swing, man. I. I said it before, I, I don't want to see Canada break apart, but I cannot fault Alberta for, for wanting that fight at this point. They've been no, they've, like, they're, 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 the, they're like the older, stronger brother that just every cousin and every sibling that's smaller, just mom and dad give them permission just to kick them in the balls all the time and they can't react. Well, you know what? Mom and dad aren't around anymore and, and Alberta's just going to start swinging. Yeah, I, I, it's going to be interesting. We are living like, I know everyone always says you're living in history, but like these are going to be some of the, the largest historical times of my lifetime. Oh, absolutely. The, the fallout from this one way or another, whether it breaks a good way or it breaks a bad way, we're in the thick of it now. Oh, 100%. 100%. And people that can't see that, they're, they're bloody daft, man. And I think that's what pisses me off the most. It's just, you know, I've had a few conversations with some people and I'm just like, like, where are you? Like, where is your headspace? Like, what are you consuming? Who are you talking to? How can you not see what this is? And they always revert it back to the prince, the air quote principle issue, vaccinated or not vaccinated. It's, it's far beyond that. It's far. It's blown past that. Oh. Yeah. And, and yeah, absolutely. And this is where I try to find balance. Cause it's like, I really don't care. Your personal choice is your personal choice. Doesn't change a thing to me. 
Uh, but if you, if you can't see past what, what has snuck in the gate, because, because at this point vaccine or not, you're, you're getting the same roll of the dice at this point. Um, so you do you, luckily it's not a death sentence, but it's like, don't let that take your, your eyes off of what else is happening. No, absolutely. Bro. Like, and I, like I'm the, I'm the exact same here, like vaccinated, unvaccinated. I could give two shites. I really don't care. Like, you know, I've got people, you know, like my old man, like he went and got his booster. Like, all right, man, go get your booster, yeah. dude. You're I, I've got family and friends that are are seriously older, seriously immune compromised. I encouraged yeah. it. I said, hey, this isn't working like they said it would. You're probably going to need topped up. Yeah. <laughs> and and you may want to plan one for next fall, too. Yeah. Uh, like, there's like some people can... that genuinely need it. Other people, like, no, you don't need to take your six-year-old to get his third shot. Hundred percent. It's ridiculous, dude. Um, it's but, ridiculous. But the way I I gauge a person at this point is: tell me where you stand on tyranny. Tell yeah. me, tell, <laughs> tell me where you stand, and that will literally tell me if we can get along or not. Yeah. I don't care about anything else. You could vote for Trudeau as long as you say, "Hey, he shouldn't be telling you to shut down." <laughs> yeah, I, I think that like that. I'm gonna start using that from now on when I meet anyone. They'd be like, "Hey, tell me where you stand on tyranny." And, and then if they're just like, well, I, you know, we're in these trying times. Uh, all right, pass. Exactly. I, uh, I, try, I try to get Twitter going because I'm, I'm trying to, to get my reach out. I, I just can't do Twitter. It no. kills me. That thing is oh, a, like a, a pool of cancer. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. It's brutal. It's, it's absolutely brutal. And then you have the mentality of like post and ghost, but no one ever posts and ghosts, especially when you're a grassroots podcast where you're trying to grow and you're trying to engage, you know, you can't, you can't post and ghost. You, you have to try and build your community, man. Well, especially cause like I, I sit here and it's like, I want to have dialogue. I I'm not, I'm not going to troll you on Twitter. Although it seems to be, that's what I should be doing. Um, <laughs> But it's like, I want to have dialogue. Uh, naive of me to think I could do something like that on Twitter. <laughs> it's bloody wild, man. It's bloody wild. And that's the, that's the piece through all of this. It's just like, we have to keep talking. Like, as someone that is, like, someone who loves jiu-jitsu, someone who, you know, loves the violence of jiu-jitsu, and I couldn't find that in hockey, I couldn't find that in rugby, uh, but I've, I've certainly found it in jujitsu, you know, we have to keep talking because like if push comes to shove and violence kicks off, it is not good for anybody. No, we all lose. We that's, all lose. that's why I so desperately want middle. I, I it, people don't understand that. It's like, yeah, I, I am a right wing person through and through, but it's like, I, we need to preserve the middle because you're not going to like when the cards are in my favor. No, I'll be, I'll be good. <laughs> Yeah, good if it goes too far right. But the problem is, I don't want that for my society. No, no, same, same, man. And like, you know, there's things that have have gotten so far, like so far out of control, and we've become so apathetic because we've been so bored. Because freedom has been such a luxury for us, we haven't had to pay in blood, we haven't had to struggle, so we start picking things apart because we're bored, right? Like you know, when you're bored and you don't you don't have anything going on, so you start walking around your house and you're like, oh, should change that? Oh, I don't like that. Oh, that was a ridiculous choice of color. Like we just get bored and then fixated on stupid shite that yeah, doesn't yeah. even matter, and that's that's where we've been for like it feels like the last twenty years. Meanwhile, the basement's flooding. Yeah, exactly. 
Exactly. And we'll just continue to go, oh, no, maybe I'll, I'll paint my wall a different color. You're like, oh, your, your basement's flooded right now, Bob. Like pitter-patter. Right. But I, ha- I have hope. Like, before, like I like to leave every, every episode. I have hope. It, we are seeing a bit of a shift. You're, you're seeing it in the media now. Where, like, even CTV, is they're airing uh, anti-lockdown protests without ridiculing them, without, without making a mockery. Yeah. And the conversations are floating up. Uh, and and the average person, we're getting more and more people over this, uh, and and that's the thing. We just need to hit critical mass and, and have conviction in it because it's like you can get 40 percent of people to be on your side with this, but if they all fall back in line when they go to lock it down again, well, what was it worth? Yeah, no, exactly, man, exactly. Um, and it's 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 like these these conversations and, you know, like using your voice where you can use your voice and taking people to task and holding people to account. Like, this is the thing too. Like people think that they can't hold people accountable. Well, you can hold people accountable, you know, like, like for instance, like, you know, there was a mandate that came through for one of my, my jobs that said that you needed your, the new mandate of the college was, that you needed to have your booster by March 1st. If you didn't have your booster by March 1st, you would be uh, placed on um, unpaid sick leave or unpaid leave. And I was like, this is ridiculous. And and for a, a split second, I was like, yeah, they're not going to do anything about this. This is going to be their mandate. Like, what's an email? Who really cares? What's a meeting? And then I was like, no, just stop being a bitch and write an email, use your voice and contact everyone you can contact in this system to say, this isn't right. This, this isn't acceptable. Uh, like this is encouragement on my rights, my freedoms. And so sure enough, like, so I wrote that email and I had a meeting uh, and, uh, and I'm not saying that I, I changed it, but enough people, right. faculty and students wrote and had meetings that two days later, the institution was like, uh, well, uh, uh, we are going to monitor the severity, but we are no longer uh, mandating that you have a booster. Right. And, and that's the thing, where, especially in today's world where you're seeing censorship and, and the algorithms pushing. It's, it's almost, and this is where you have to worry the, the conspiracy. It's almost by design that they keep stronger opinions like this isolated, make people feel 100%. like... They make people feel as if they're the ones that are on the outside um, when really it's get mobilized and you can, you can in fact act against it. hundred percent, dude, hundred percent. And th- like, it, like government powers and structures have always done this traditionally, even without social media, even without news, like it's, it's the banning of the people using their voices. Even if you look at what the British government did to the Highlanders, man, like you can no longer meet, you can no longer have Kayleys, you can no longer play your music, you can no longer wear your kilts, you can no longer speak your language, right? Like the, the, the cutting off of those ties and that community and that togetherness has, has been with us from the time we've been roaming around it. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're, they're definitely trying to make it feel like you don't have choices and you don't have pathways, but you just have to cut the weeds and find the path. Um, 100%. Especially with third dose vaccines is like, okay, uh, when are they going to stand up and be like, this is, this is the end goal. 
Cause it's like, okay, now you're doing three, but what happens next fall? Like, what is, what is the number of times I have to submit this for you to, to screw off? Yeah, ab- absolutely, dude. Absolutely. And like, I read, uh, I read the, an interesting, um, article by Jordan Peterson, Dr. Jordan Peterson, who's a huge hero of mine. Should um, be prime minister. Should be prime minister's bloody beauty. Um, and, and just like he ended with have some courage, you know? And I was like, you hit that on the head, man. Like we should be a, we should be a courageous society and we're not, we're constantly pushed back. We're constantly, you know, bombarded by silly trade agreements with the rest of the world. And we're, we're constantly bullied around, especially these last, you know, five to 10 years, like we used to be a society that was courageous. Like we carved ourselves out of a freaking forest. Yeah. You know? like, <laughs> like where is all the courage gone and where have all the men and women that are willing just to stand in the gap and say like, no enough. If you want it, come and take it and I'll have a crack. Right. Well, and even, even now to this day, I, I think we still carry a, it's definitely withered, but we, we carry that, that, mentality that like canada is the peacekeep country and not in the sense that we are peaceful it's we are the ones in the gap all over the world but it's like why can't we do it here yo exactly exactly and that's that's the uniqueness of that canadian spirit is you have like you like canadians were vicious world war one world war two dude like you know the viciousness that Canadian soldiers displayed. Like they weren't there to be, you know, gentry and let's have a nice little battle. You know, like <laughs> these men were descended from freaking homesteaders and pioneers. You know that frontier justice was the name of the game. These guys weren't playing games. Like we're descended from that. But they also walked out of those homesteads and and off of those farms and realized what the vi- what violence had done and how it shaped their parents and grandparents. And they realized that we need to keep peace and we need to put in place structures to make sure that we don't get back to that violence because it is so barbaric, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And it costs everyone dearly. Like, no, it doesn't matter if you were the, the king of the West, you were still paying a price. hundred percent. And like, you're in Donnelly country, man, you know, like that's like, yeah, you know that's that's a that's freaking that's the case study right there of well, when and, things kick off and violent. And you know full well, like that. What happened to them isn't even an isolated thing. Like it was not uncommon to board people in their houses and burn the whole family down. <laughs> yeah, like, like that, that's that, that wasn't a one-off thing. Like that that's not special because of how it happened. It's it's just special because of how large and and spread it was. Yeah, man. Yeah. And the fact that like, that feud existed for 30 years, how violent it was and, and, and just how just how horrible it was. And like, you know, the fact that like that, that was normal Canadian society. People don't people don't understand that. Like, Nobody that ever was, answered for that either. No, no. And, 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 and that that was how it played out from county to county you know, throughout this country, throughout this country. And that's, that's where we had to start. That's where we had to start climbing out and building a society and building a culture on that's the, that's, if you're looking at a bank barn, those are the corner field stones right there. Yeah. 
So to me, that's why it's so, that's why Canada is so beautiful because it's like, no, like (laughs) we want to keep peace. We want to be passive. We want to engage. And we also know when a wrong is a wrong is a wrong is a wrong. And we also are not going to stop. If we know that this is the good fight, the right fight, Canadians won't stop. No, you'll die on that hill before you you take us. 100%. Even if it means burning down the White House again. Absolutely, dude. <laughs> Absolutely, and that I think that's innate. That's innate in Canadian culture, and in I think it. I think there's a there's a larger sense of that in in Western Canadian culture. I think um, I think we're getting there. I think people are starting to appreciate it, and and I think a lot of even people that deny it, I think they're they're having a lot of introspective moments where they're they're starting to question and and really deal with their cognitive dissonance it's it's can they do it and get past it quick enough yeah absolutely man absolutely and i think a lot of people are are trying to weigh things out right now and i think a lot of people are i think a lot of people are aware i think a lot of people know what's going on i think a lot of people see the overreach and the grasp and are done with the fear narrative uh, which is good, which is good. Um, and now I think people are like, well, how do I find a sense of resolve in this? And how can I maintain peace and how can I use my voice and how can I engage? Yeah. And I, I think from the politician side, they better figure it out soon. Cause I think if you're still dealing with in the warm weather, we're going to have a summer of riots and chaos. Oh, 100% dude. If this isn't dealt with and gone by this, and I, I mean like even passports, because um, unfortunately you're going to lose a lot of people again when they're allowed to use their passports, um, despite the fact that 20% of society is not allowed to participate. Yeah. Um, so even the 20%, if it's just them, come summer, it's going it, to, I think last summer you might have seen the peaceful protests. I'm worried that if it's still around, it's, it's going to be less peaceful. You're going to, you're trying people's patience at this point. Yeah. Oh, you're a hundred percent trying people's patience and, and, and so many people are just fried. So many people are just done. So many people that are like, so many people that would have been in the middle are now pushed um, and, and, and are ready to have a crack. And that to me is very interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's been a, it's been a sweet conversation. It's uh, it's nice to see kindred spirits. Um, Yeah, dude. For those listening, where can they find you? Because they they need to find you. They need they need to find the sapper man. Um, yeah, so you can find us on all your streaming platforms. It's just the Sunday Sapper Podcast. Um, we only have Instagram because I hate Twitter trolls, and I think TikTok is just for bored forty five year old white girls and angsty youth. Um, so we tried TikTok, it didn't work out. So, <laughs> but uh, you can find us on Instagram at the Sunday Sapper. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and we're on all your streaming platforms. I'll, uh, I'll also, for those listening, I'll have his link tree in the show notes for this episode as well. Uh, thanks a bunch for having us and, uh, we should do this again sometime. Absolutely, bruv. As we leave, uh, as always, we remind you of the fee. Uh, if you enjoyed today's episode, uh, by all means, please share with a friend. If you haven't yet, uh, consider giving us a review on your podcast platform it's been a huge help in allowing us reach so many more people uh i can't even tell you how much that's helped since we've started pushing that uh as 
a reminder as well. We've we've now added Facebook and Getter. Uh, we've still got our Twitter and Instagram. So connect with us through any real social media platform at this point. Uh, if you want to reach out and share your comments or questions. Again, our email is always in the show notes as well. Uh, and that should do it. Pay the fee. Uh, enjoy your week, everyone. Stay free. Fly away with me Come and fly away